This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into another episode of Press Pass on number 25. I'm Kayla Anderson, joined by the lovely Ella Giovanni. And Ella, man, was it an incredible weekend when it comes to the NFL draft. I know. It's my favorite time of year. It's like Christmas. I yes. love the NFL draft. I live for the NFL draft. But really, Kayla, everyone wants to hear from you. You were there in the middle <laughs> of all the action. You made it out alive. I know it was a busy, tiring, exhausting week for you, but tell us about it. Walk us through. You were on the red carpet. I want all yeah. the details. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I want to go out and say congratulations to the city of Nashville for mm-hmm. putting together an incredible record setting NFL draft. They had uh, more than 600 plus people in those three days, which set a new record. 600,000. Yeah, 600,000 people. If you saw the spectacles of Broadway, you just couldn't help but feel like you were there because they did such a good job of capturing the feeling of being at the draft in Music City. Mm -hmm. Do you agree, Elle? Oh my gosh, it was. And that's what I think is cool about about kind of the newer age of the NFL draft when it is making stops in different cities because the city has a chance to show their best look, right? Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. bring people in and get people to fall in love with their city. And Nashville did that. It's not a hard place to fall in love with, but they they put on a show. They didn't just let the city do it on their own. I mean, the the sights on TV were just so, so cool. And you knew that it was a hit when you heard all of these national broadcasters, which we know a lot of these people are very critical of everything because that's really their job. They travel everywhere. And not one of them had one negative thing to say about the draft being hosted here. I mean, it was all positive things. It was all like, bring it back. You know, when's the Super Bowl coming right, here? Which right. There's still things that would need to be done for that. But I think overall, I give Nashville as a city an A++ for hosting the draft. Yep. Um, the You mentioned the red carpet. I was able to be on the red carpet before the, the night one. And just the energy on there, I've never been on a red carpet. And I think you could feel it coming from, those prospects that were just walking down it. They were having so much fun. They were living up the moment and that city just naturally gives you that energy. So I think everybody just enjoyed feeding off of it. It was really incredible. It was cool. And I loved how they incorporated the country music scene into it too. I liked kind of marrying those, you know, the sports world and, and the music and entertainment world. Um, Because as we talk about all the time, that's what sports does. It unifies people and, I love country music, so I really, really enjoyed 
kind of seeing how they use Tim McGraw and, and different, you know, very yeah. popular, influential people in the Nashville music scene in the NFL draft. I thought that was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And even to see, I think, the reactions from some of the guys picked on stage, you saw some emotional Mm -hmm. reactions, which was incredible to see. You saw, you know, reactions of pure joy and just you get up on the stage and you don't know what you're going to do because just think about being in that moment. It's just, it's, it's incredible to see these young men right before our eyes, Mm -hmm. they're turning into pros and you see it lived out on stage. And I think it just made it so much more special even being here because you really captured that atmosphere. Definitely. And before we get into the X's and O's and break it all down, I do have to say one thing I really enjoyed. Now I'm being biased here. I will totally admit my Philly roots are coming out, but that's all right. Philly hosted the draft two years ago, right? Yes. And that was amazing. Put on a show. They really, they, in terms of um, the city, really utilize the history aspect. You know, that's what Philly is founded on, obviously, and the Rocky Steps. And and that looked unbelievable on TV as well. And then there was Dallas in the middle. And then Nashville just went and, and also just knocked it out of the park. And... I was just thinking Dallas was smack dab in the middle of two cities that did it. wiped them out. Yes. Yes. Big D? What's Big D? Sorry. (laughs) What's Big D? The Philly girl in me kind of loved it. I'm not going to lie. Because they just just threw it in the stadium. It was nothing nothing special, you know? But where else are they going to put it? It's not like, I, I don't mean to like... I don't mean to bash on Dallas at all, but I just, I've been to the city. I'm not really a fan. Like what's, what is there there that I guess I would never have seen it created anywhere, anywhere else, else. Right. Right. I mean, Jerry's world's about the only thing that you can connect and be like, okay, this is like a big spectacle, but right. not for the draft. But even attendance. I mean, cause people aren't going to just stand in an, in a stadium no. all day and watch the no. NFL draft. No. So go That's Philly, go Nashville, Dallas. You lost. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You're stuck somewhere in the middle. <laughs> well, we're not going to get to our winners and losers of the week until the end because that will yes. be actually the winners and losers of the draft. Mm-hmm. So we're going to just dive right in to a special episode of Press Pass because we're going to put our analyst caps on, Ella, yes. which you and I don't do on here as much. We do in our in our separate careers. So we're going to just break this all down. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I love this stuff. I, I, we'll keep it short for our listeners, but I could talk it all day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, okay. Well, the first round, let's start there. I think that's a good place to start. That was for the big guys. The QB selections obviously offered a lot of drama, and we'll get to all of that. But defensively, what team for you won the first round? Yeah, I am. And I don't think you'll be surprised with this considering they are such a defensive built team. Mm -hmm. But I would say the Jacksonville Jaguars, I was extremely impressed with. And the reason why is just, first of all, that first selection they made. And they're kind of lucky Mm -hmm. because of the way that it shook out. We had a little bit of shocking uh, (laughs) picks early on. The Jacksonville Jaguars were able to pick up edge defender Josh Allen out of Kentucky. 
And I got to know the young man over the last week. Ella, I cannot tell you how impressed I was with this guy just as a human being. Mm -hmm. Now, that's that's set aside what he does on the field, which he's one of the best in college, clearly, because he was supposed to be a top five pick. Right. Um, This is a guy who is physical. Um, He is he is going to get to the quarterback this is something the Jags always kind of pride themselves on is their defense right Mm -hmm. we've we've always Mm -hmm. known the Jags in the past few years as being a defensive team yes so they they were able to get Josh Allen and I just think that pick justifies so much just getting him in that first round and I don't know if you know like he has a kid he's Mm -hmm. he's just like an all-around guy that you want on your team regardless of just how talented he is, just what he's going to do for your franchise in the long term. So just with that pick alone, I really, really loved the fact that they got him. And I just think they did a good job in terms of, you know, other guys. They had a couple other guys down the line. They had Murray State linebacker Quincy Williams that they got. Um, And then they had an Auburn defensive tackle, Dontavious Russell in that seventh round. So they got some needs and, Throughout there, they they got some other needs on offense, but defensively, I think they did a good job. They won for you. Unfortunately, I completely agreed. I'm not really spicing things up because, like you said, he wasn't expected to be there at number seven. And so they definitely hit the jackpot. It's a defense that I think he will he will easily slide into and and they just keep restocking that defense. Yeah, they do. You know, I mean, they they kind of were the reason that team was even going far in the postseason in the years past because unfortunately they had Blake Bortles under center on the offensive side of the ball was up to the defense. Yes. It was up. It's been up to the defense for a very long time now and they just keep restocking and I'm excited to see Josh Allen play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they were my winners um, defensively for the first round. Um, But also Ed Oliver to the Bills. I think that's a big win for the Bills. Um, It's it's crazy. When we were watching the draft and and he got picked, I said to my dad it, you know, before the season started last year, the college football season, he was going to be the top rated defensive player headed into the draft. And then these young stars like Quinnen Williams and Nick Bosa and Josh Allen, guys like that, just had these breakout seasons and and really set themselves ahead of Ed Oliver. But still, I think that's a great yeah. pickup for the Bills. He's obviously a tremendous football player. And so as much as I agree with you with Jacksonville, I'll go ahead and say the Bills, I think, were, were pretty big winners defensively in that first round as well. Yeah, I like Ed Oliver. I got to interview him on the red carpet. And I knew right away that guy does not lack any confidence. Mm-mm. And that is something you want coming in as a rookie. Mm-hmm. You want a guy that can step in right away who doesn't lack confidence. He's a beast on the field. So I really, I, I like that, that add too. And the bills, Bella. the bills could use a little bit of that kind of juice, you know, they do. They need that a little bit of swag, yep. right? Yep. And Oliver yeah. will bring it. He'll bring it. He will bring it for sure. Well, you can never go wrong with beefing up the defense. Oh, like we just talked about, but here's the thing. There are teams that definitely missed the memo this past weekend. <laughs> For you, who came up the most underwhelming on that defensive category of things? Okay, so to me, this uh, is not, it's not a bad pick necessarily. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. You know where I'm going? Yeah, I know where you're but going. But I'm saying the Raiders. <laughs> 
Yeah. Good old John Gruden and Mike Mayock missed the mark for me on that first pick. Now they did have three first round. Three? Two? Three. Two. Two. Was it two? Two. Yeah, the Giants had three. Excuse me. They had two first round picks. Um, and they first drafted, now I might butcher his name, Clylin. Is that how we're saying his first name? Cleland. Cleland. Everyone says it differently, so I don't know what is right or wrong. Cleland Farrell, correct? Yes. To me, that's a loss because he most likely would have been there at 24 when the Raiders picked again, and that's my problem. You you had pick of the litter, and it's just difficult to understand. Like, we were just talking about Josh Allen still sitting there at number seven. He was there. Pick him up. Josh Allen was on the board, and they went for Pharrell. And maybe he'll develop, and he'll be great on that defense. I just think the pick overall was a loss for the Raiders because you had two first-round picks, and you just come up with, with this dude. I mean, it was surprising. When they first said it, I was like, wait what like I just was so so yeah. surprised because there were were those bigger name defensive guys on the board so for me the Raiders missed the mark a little bit there yeah and I can see where like if you fall in love with a player mm-hmm. like Cleveland because all those those three Clemson yep. guys are all spectacular let's Absolutely. not lie right I mean they're all spectacular and they but, have that experience in, in the rack right mm-hmm but your point is totally valid, and I would totally agree with you for the fact that the Raiders fudged that up because it was just so early on. And when you – I mean, you you can fall in love with players. That's okay. But just look at where you could also grab them later on if you have right. another pick. Right. I mean, there's so many more guys, I think, that were just more talented still on the board mm-hmm. that I would have not passed up that were still defensive guys. Did you see um... – I don't know if I saw this on Twitter, but people were kind of making fun of the pick and Mayock and Gruden because for people that don't know, I guess, Mayock and Gruden sent all their scouts home leading up to the draft. They were like, that's it. Sent them home. And it was just Mayock and Gruden against the world uh, preparing yeah. for the NFL draft. And so I I think it was on Twitter. I saw people tweeting that um, Mayock and Gruden watched the national championship game and said, we're good here. We got this. And sent <laughs> Everyone home <laughs> because you know, they they drafted many guys from Clemson and then later on they yeah. picked up um, the running back from Alabama so it was kind of funny. Yeah, no, right? Like, yeah, what? Let's just pick all these national championship guys. Yeah, uh, that played. We got this. We just had to watch one game, game, scout them out. Right, we're good. And that's, yeah, I, I scratch my head sometimes with I like Gruden. I I mean, you know, he had he has been out of the NFL as a coach for a while until recently. But I have been really, really questioning moves that he has made since he's got there. Really? Like Khalil Mack? Yeah. Like, let's not dive into that, but I'm just saying that that kind of now is running over to what they did in the draft. Just saying. Yeah. Not going to get into it, but just saying. So I'd agree with you on the Raiders. I'm going to go with Green Bay. And while they loaded up on defense, that's not the point I'm Mm -hmm. making. I thought that Rashawn Gary was a reach of a pick. Mm -hmm. Because he carries question marks. He's got some health concerns. And, and then in terms of consistency, I just, I don't know about him being there that, uh, picking him that mm-hmm. early. Because there were other guys available at 12, yep. including my boy, the most, like, great personality out there when it comes to the rookie class, Christian Wilkins. Mm-hmm. 
Christian Wilkins was yep. there. I just thought, you know, a guy like that is such a better guy to pick overall. And then on top of it, Brian Burns was still there. And I love Brian right. Burns. He was right. my pick to go to the, the Titans, but he obviously went before. So those are two guys that I saw um, that I thought maybe they would pick before. I just don't know about the Rashawn Gary pick. I, I, I thought that, that there could have been some better picks at that spot. And they have a lot of needs on defense. So you had to pick yeah. carefully, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I'm not a scout. I'm not a GM. I'm just going off of what I did in terms of research and just getting to know the players on top of it. So, all right. Well, that's the defensive side of the ball from the first day of the draft. Let's Mm -hmm. turn it over to the offensive players a little bit. Let's talk QBs, perhaps. Kayla, I was not surprised one bit that the Cardinals chose Kyler Murray first overall. The writing was on the wall, right? The surprise came after Arizona's pick when the New York Giants (laughs) picked the quarterback out of Duke, Daniel Jones. I'm dying to know your take on the pick because I'm still scratching my head. So I will not like forget this moment. So we're in a media tent. <laughs> we're in a media tent right by the actual stage, right? Like the green room's right by us. Mm-hmm. So all these guys are in the green room. We're watching it. I want, gosh, Ella, there were like 200, 300 media people all in this huge tent that they built just for the draft. And we're watching the selections and it comes up to the Giants at number six, right? And Roger Goodell announces, and with the sixth overall selection. Wait, did you think it was going to be Dwayne Haskins is my question first. If I thought it were going to be a quarterback, which was possible, absolutely, because the Giants are trying to weed Eli out. Yeah, I thought it would be Dwayne Haskins. Absolutely. Well, they select Daniel Jones out of Duke and the whole (laughs) room gasps. I'm talking like, oh, what? Like you could just like the whole tent, media tent was just like in shock. Oh my God. You know? Yep. And I mean, right then and there, it was just like, what were the New York Giants thinking? I mean, this is a guy that I get it. They could maybe see some similarities with Eli, but even like the build of this guy, right? Like, but I don't understand remind- that why, why that's why that's the motivation. Why are they just looking for Eli Manning? It shouldn't be. Right. That's the problem here. You had a, in my opinion, way better quarterback or quarterbacks available. Why? Why take him mm-hmm. at number six? Mm-hmm. Why? And if anything, even if you didn't take a quarterback at six because you thought you could probably get one, let's be real, after, and with their other pick. Why not just take one of the most defensive, talented guys out there? Or a lineman, because God forbid your quarterback has protection. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was just something where I think we were all just a little bit taken aback. I I screamed, I'm not going to lie. I really did. (laughs) When I'm in a situation where I'm not working, I wasn't covering this event like you were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, my Eagles fandom comes out, right? And right. so I'm I'm really looking, wondering first, are they finally going to pull the trigger and draft the quarterback in waiting behind Eli Manning? And if so, who is it going to be? Because this could be the quarterback that we see for many, many, many years to come in the NFC East. 
and they picked Daniel Jones. I was floored. I really did think if they were going quarterback, it was going to be Dwayne Haskins. I think a lot of people thought that. He is a pro-style quarterback. I, I mean, he had numbers almost, if not, exactly identical to Kyler Murray. He was a Heisman Trophy finalist. He played in the Big Ten. I mean, I don't even think you have to make an argument for why you should choose Dwayne Haskins in this situation. My biggest problem, however, is that the Giants think that they just drafted the Aaron Rodgers that's going to sit behind Brett Favre. And they didn't because, one, they don't have Brett Favre. And, two, he's not Aaron Rodgers. And does Eli Manning have three more years as they think he does? Maybe theoretically, but three more years to get clobbered. Like, I don't I don't see what he's, he's going to years. achieve in the next three years to allow Daniel Jones of Duke to really develop behind him. And yeah. it's a head scratcher. I think David Gettleman has a chip on his shoulder saying, oh, you just wait and see. And maybe we will wait and see. Who knows? I mean, yeah. I did expect to hear some of those Mitchell Trubisky comparisons because he was out of UNC. Daniel Jones is out of Duke. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a reach, but we'll see. But uh, they had three first round picks and I just don't understand how you drop the ball on, on this. I just don't think the, enough research was done. Enough was looked at in terms of film for Gettleman to make that. Mm-hmm that pick. I mean, I think that's what he's being scrutinized for. I think he just felt, he pretty much said, I just fell in love with the player. Right. Great. That's awesome. Right. We all fall in love with players, but when it comes down to helping your actual football team move on an entire franchise. Yeah. You can't just fall in love with a player. And if so, then take them with your second pick. Mm -hmm. Do you you know who I feel bad for the most in the situation? Who? Saquon Barkley. Oh, I just gonna say, yeah, I was just gonna <laughs> that say, poor guy yeah. is just stuck in New York. No OBJ. Yeah. He is just there on his own, just hoping to not get hurt at this point. Honestly, yeah, he's like, I'll just put the team on my back. Again literally, and see if uh, I can make quite it literally. Wow. <laughs> well, should we move on from the quarterback situation and yeah. uh, talk little wide receivers? They went flying off the board on the second day of the draft. Is there a wide receiver or two who landed in a place that seems like a great fit? To me, wide receivers kind of have to fit an offense or fit um, a coach's scheme of an offense that really plays to their style. So to you, is there a guy who may have found himself in a win-win situation? I like a couple. Um, I I actually like who the Tennessee Titans got in A.J. Brown. Mm Mm-hmm out of old miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was somebody who stuck out to me from the start of this process. Uh, he is, he is one of those guys that can be versatile and he can step in right away. I can see him really being a difference maker in year one and putting him across from Corey Davis, who has taken a little bit longer to develop mm-hmm. after being a first round pick. I, I think the system for him was was pretty basic, but I think with what the Tennessee Titans are doing and not changing up their system this year, and I think a lot of the guys you'll have Delaney Walker back, so right. he's going to have help around him, so he's not going to be just like a guy that's going to be targeted, right, mm-hmm. in terms of shutting down. Mm-hmm. They're going to have more weapons out on the field now, so I think it's easier for him to come in and make a difference right away. Okay. So I really liked that, and you're going you're gonna, to um, – maybe laugh at this, okay. but I just think in terms of fit with 
who the coach is, I think that Seattle. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Right. I I thought that that was just the right fit. Yes. Right. Yes. That is a fit. Yeah. Doug Baldwin, I think is going to retire because of injuries. Unfortunately, I really like Doug Baldwin. Um, But I think that DK, the way that, that him and Pete Carroll already have a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think I could see him working with Russell Wilson really well. So I like that fit. Oh, that was mine. All right, let me. We'll go off on it more. That's no, fine. no, I I agree, and and you know I think people were surprised to see DK still sitting there later on, but like we said and we keep saying, it's a fit, right? I mean, you you yeah, think of is. you think of Julio Jones, right? That's a Matt Ryan yeah. Julio Jones connection that works. Not saying Julio couldn't be one of the best receivers in the league with another quarterback, but that's something mm-hmm. they got there. You know, and and I yeah. I see that with with DK and Russell Wilson in the future. I I, I like that matchup. I think DK is if you're a defensive skill player, he's hard he's hard to match up with, and um, I I think I think that will really pay off for Seattle. Um, there was one wide receiver that also I I really liked, and I think found himself in a win win situation. Um, but he went on the third day, actually, and that's Riley Ridley, who was drafted by the mm. Bears. Um, he's out of yep. Georgia. His brother, Calvin Ridley, yeah. also a wide receiver Calvin. for the Falcons. I think that was a good pick by the Bears. I was really impressed by the Bears, their entire draft as a whole. They did not have many picks. As you know, they gave away a ton of their picks to Oakland yeah. when they received Khalil Mack last year. But Riley Ridley, I think, found himself in a great situation because you have Matt Nagy, who is creative. He's an offensive-minded head coach with a young quarterback, and they kind of just let it fly. They they try out different things. They have a toolbox, and you never know what they're going to pull out of that toolbox. And I think Riley Ridley will find success in that system because they are creative. And... um, and yeah. there's a lot of other great receivers on that Chicago Bears team that will really allow them to find balance in their passing game. Yeah, no, you're right. That scheme is going to be good for him, I think. I think he'll benefit from that. So it's all about just making sure you develop these guys you know, in your systems, and I think they'll be able to do that with him. So that, I liked that pick too. Well, you know, everybody puts so much emphasis on the first round, L and – Really, there are a lot of guys that you can hit the jackpot with in day yep, two, yes, right? Yes. So for you, who were a few of the guys quickly that you thought were good steals in round two? This this was a little difficult for me because there were, you know, the Greedy Williams. Obviously, that was a huge pick for the Browns. They're just loading up that defense. If you're not excited for the Cleveland Browns, I cannot believe I just said that. You probably should be. Ah! And it'll right? be interesting to see yeah. now they they have they have the athletes, right? What will they do with mm-hmm. them? Because you can have them all you want, but you gotta do the right thing with them and utilize them. Yep. So Greedy Williams, yep. I think, was definitely a, a jackpot for the Cleveland Browns. But even that Paris Campbell pick, I was surprised to see him go yeah. a little later. As we know, you know, from our time at Ohio State, he's a good wide receiver. 
So that that was a jackpot pick. And the other one for me was Damian Harris to the Patriots. It really was. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal. The Patriots always do. It doesn't matter how few picks they get. They always do well yeah, in the draft. Always. And and they, they did again. I have a little a few question marks about Jarrett Stidham, but that's for another day. But Damian Harris, yeah. I think, was a was a was a jackpot pick for the New yeah. England Patriots. Really for anyone that would have picked him. But um I think their run game just got a whole lot better. Okay, so I would say I, I've got a couple of steals um, in terms of where people went. So I think that Drew Locke mm-hmm. uh, falling to that second day was huge because I think actually some people had him pegged as a first-rounder, uh, first-round yes. material in terms of quarterback. So him going to Denver I think is a big yes. get. Um, also, I agree with you on Greedy. I we were actually amazed that he just kept sliding. Mm-hmm. I mean, he slid to the mid second yes. round. So it was a little bit head scratching mm-hmm. to me. Um, maybe some consistency, inconsistency with tackling could play a part in that, but I still think that's a, a get. And then I liked also Hakeem Butler to Arizona. He's a physical freak, big play machine. So I really liked that get as well. So those were some of my steals from the second round. Arizona did pretty darn well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I really love the final day of the draft because those are the rounds where teams may stumble upon upon a diamond in the rough. You can never count out that six-round guy as the New England Patriots know so very well. Teams get to roll the dice a little bit or they get to draft a guy who somehow slid down the board. But for you, who is the guy you were surprised to see still available on day three and the team who was lucky to snag him? Yeah, hands down, I was on my way into work to put together my my whole show on Saturday, and I'm listening to the radio. Obviously, I'm not, I can't watch it as I'm coming into work, so I'm listening. And in the fifth round, the Titans take DeAndre Walker out of Georgia. And I'm thinking to myself, this is an absolute steal. Yep. I think we forget sometimes that some of these guys are left because there's so many of them. We're assuming they already went. So I don't know. I mean, he, you could think he could have fallen that far because he had recent hernia surgeries. He had a knee injury, but he's fully healthy now. I mean, he's fully healthy. He's ready to go. The biggest thing about DeAndre Walker, first of all, he played for Georgia. And let's just, let's just say like Georgia has done a great job in producing athletes in the past Mm -hmm. few years. Um, and, and producing athletes that are going to be doing things in the NFL. But I see him as a guy who can be productive on all three downs, which is something the Titans can obviously right. benefit from. And I think the biggest thing, his ceiling is extremely mm-hmm. high. Like, I think he's going to thrive in DMP's system because he wants to learn and he wants to get right. better. And so I think that that was an incredible pick for the Titans. Well, and I think in that last day too, you're kind of looking for guys – that can develop behind your go-to guy who's already there in that position. So, for example, I think I think Absolutely. Mike Weber was a huge steal for the Dallas Cowboys. He'll have that Ohio State connection with Zeke Elliott. I mean, what a better back to sit behind than Ezekiel Elliott, right? And, yeah, you know, no, the, exactly. the Dallas Cowboys always have a very strong offensive line. It could be a great place for him to develop. I think Mike Weber was definitely a steal for the Cowboys. He fell all the way to the seventh round. And I think that was a huge grab. Another one, Ty Johnson, or running back from Maryland. I covered him um, oh, last okay. year's spring yeah. game at Maryland. I was I was pretty impressed um, just by his production. 
and (laughs) Detroit needs whatever help they can get offensively. And so I think that that was a pretty good grab on the last day as well. We'll see what happens. Um, Taylor Decker, the left tackle for the Detroit Lions, he just, his fifth year option was just picked up. So their line's staying strong. Um, you know, they drafted Frank Ragnow last year as well on the offensive line. So Ty Johnson m- might be a pretty good pickup for Detroit. Yeah, I love to see how all this plays out in the long run because we can sit here and say everything we want. I just love like seeing how it all plays out. And I wanted to add really quick, El, before mm-hmm. we get to our winners and losers, the the, the best storyline for me, and there's so many, but this one's a personal one for me because we know the guys, was Terry McLaurin oh. getting drafted by the Redskins and reuniting with his quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. I had talked to Dwayne earlier in the week at an event, and I actually had him do like a little Instagram video to Terry, who he calls Larry. <laughs> uh, it's an inside joke with the Ohio State Buckeyes, I guess. But they reunited, and I am not joking. I'm like, I'm like a kid in a candy yep. shop because I cannot wait mm-hmm. Terry is one guy that really built a name for himself in this the last yeah. several months and, and climbed up the draft board. And to go to the Redskins and connect with his former quarterback, it doesn't get me out of that, L. I was like, I know. So it's crazy, too, because uh, of course there was a lot of disappointment from Dwayne and other people that really, I guess, did the research or know D- Dwayne Haskins play very well. And it was just shocking that he fell all the way to the Redskins. But to me, that is the best place for him to be. It's a fit. They needed a quarterback. Yep, they got fit. their quarterback. And then the rest of the draft, they built around him. And and I'm, it's yep. going to be interesting to see what they do, what kind of noise, if any, at least in, in this first year that they bring to the NFC East and the NFC as a whole. But they did pretty well. Yeah. And real quick too, before we name our winners and losers, I kind of wanted your opinion on this. I'm, I'm just kind of wondering what exactly the Baltimore Ravens are building right now in Baltimore, because I feel like they, I mean, they had some great picks, but to me, they pick athletes that could play a a multitude of positions and they're just... (laughs) gonna see what happens like I don't know going into the season how a team can scout or prepare to play the Ravens just yet because you have Lamar Jackson no one knows what to do with him if he's gonna run or pass then they they drafted Trace McSorley later on in the draft and I'm thinking he's a guy who was asked to possibly be a DB or you know there are a few other options on the table for him and he said you know he wanted to be a quarterback but I think they're going to find other uses for him too. And not just at quarterback, obviously, as he's sitting behind Lamar Jackson. I just think some of the picks they made a lot of offensive weapons. I mean, they, they drafted Hollywood. That's a huge get, but I'm just kind of wondering, yeah. they just have a bunch of athletes sitting there in Baltimore. Oh, what no, are they, they going to do. do with them? Right. Yeah. And they got miles up Boykin too, another yes. wide receiver out of Notre Dame in the yes. third round. So you're right. They, they definitely beefed up. Off, I mean, fourth round, Justice Hill, running back mm-hmm. out of Oklahoma State. I mean, they definitely be- beefed up their offense. Um, I think they got like a cornerback in the fourth round. But overall, this is, I think, a team that when we think of the Ravens, don't you think of defense? Yes. Don't you, don't you usually think of defense? But I feel like they're trying to change mm-hmm. the narrative mm-hmm. here. Like they're trying I, to be like really just... this offensive. Go ahead. Sorry. 
It's all over the board. No, it's all over the board. I, I agree with you. It'll be interesting to see how they make yeah. it work. Because I think they're trying in a way to like change their identity. It's kind of like they took the NFL rule book and threw it out the window and they just said, you know what, we're just going to do this our <laughs> way and we're going to just, it doesn't really matter what position you claim yeah. to play. You're going to play whatever we think you should play. Right. And it's like, okay, well, if you're trying to do that and it Go works, for it. good yeah. for you for being ahead of the game. But I'm just going to sit back. And yeah, because I don't really think this is the now. future of the game, but we'll see. We'll see. Right. All right. Okay. Right. Winners and losers. Who won the NFL draft? Okay. Okay. You guys are going to think I'm a homer because I, I'm, I'm definitely going to agree with who you picked because I think I already know who you're going to pick. But I am going to go with the Tennessee Titans just because I don't think in the past they've had real spectacular mm-hmm. drafts. This is a yep. spectacular draft. Not only from my viewpoint, being here and knowing and and getting to know all these players as they've come in and done their press conference, but just looking from all the other analyst points of views, and they've all given them like very high grades. So the reason why I say this is because Jeffrey Simmons, when I initially was scratching my head, um, because he was their first round pick at number 19, he went through ACL and MCL surgery just this past February. And he will not be available to the Titans until December. But there was also the report, which I think ESPN didn't do a great job being fair about this, that right away the first thing they did was put out an incident that happened before he got into college. Well, after you get to know this young man and how he has changed his life for the better – uh, he is also a father, you will really fall in love with this guy and what he has done to change his life. And Amy Adams Strunk is the Titans owner. Yes. She is a woman. And she signed mm-hmm. off on this. And the press conference is extremely emotional. He breaks down when Amy starts talking about how he, how she validates for John and Rabel mm-hmm. picking him. It will change your mind about that aspect of it. So first of all, that changed my mind in those terms. Have you seen this guy, Ella? This guy is a, I mean, he's a beast from another world. When they get him on the field, come play, if they make it into playoffs, I mean, this guy could be a long time, huge benefit yeah. for the Tennessee Titans. And I think that is what they saw. They're going to give him time. They're going to be patient. And that's mm-hmm. okay because he's going to be a wrecking yep. machine for this team. And then when you think about it, you're going to line him up on the other side of Jarrell Casey. Yeah, like, are you dangerous. kidding me? They might be the best dynamic duo when it all comes mm-hmm. down to it in, in college football. And so I think on top of it, though, with that pick, I liked it. But then they really addressed their needs because they helped yes. out Marcus He needed Mario. it. He needed he it. Is, he, is, he needed it. He, he needs to prove himself this year. They did it by adding A.J. Brown, which I already talked about, how I think he's going to be an instant help for Mariota you know, maybe going across from Corey Davis, but they also added the guard out of Charlotte, mm-hmm. Nate Davis. And I think he'll be able to be plugged in on that right side. And um, while it's probably going to take him a little bit because he's a rookie, I think that he'll be helpful when it comes to protection and help on that line. Um, and then I discussed, right. you know, DeAndre Walker already as a steal in day three. So I think overall, right. It's there, pretty good. It looks pretty good. I think the Tennessee Titans yep. did a great job. Yep. Yeah. And, and, Honestly, before I say who I think my winner of the draft is, any team that goes out and in, and invests in an offensive lineman, that's a win. They, they're so invaluable yeah. to 
a football team and a franchise. And now the way that these quarterbacks are getting paid, I mean, you're protecting $150 million players, you know, when, when the Bengals went out in the first round and drafted Jonah Williams out of Alabama, I mean, that's an investment. And I know, you know, the linemen are not a sexy pick, but, but their, but their needs, their, their needs to a football team. And, and it kind of protects the longevity of, of how far a team can go deep deep into a season absolutely well my winner of the draft I got to go the Washington Redskins okay and I know my family the Eagles fans all of them aren't happy with that but it is what it is they won they got their quarterback we talked about it they got their wide receiver they built around Dwayne Haskins and you know who I think really in my opinion, made this a win for the Washington Redskins. I tried to convince my dad of this. He wasn't buying my argument at all. But Bryce Love out of Stanford, that's a good pick, okay? okay. Before he before he was like injured that. later on in his college career, he was in that Heisman Trophy conversation. He was a tough, tough yeah. running back. And guess what? He gets to show up, and AP is already in, in Washington. And what better guy... Yeah to be around right in in that running back room so I think the Redskins did an excellent job they're my winners of the 2019 NFL draft and we're not going to get into it because we already did but both of our losers were the New York Giants and you can get and I think you can guess why so we don't have to really discuss that yeah yikes so yikes yeah losers for sure um wow that was fun we're already, we're already, uh, we're already done. We've already we did it. got to everything we wanted yeah, to get to. I mean, to. there's always more that and, we can talk about, but we'll, we'll keep it oh, short Oh yeah, there's and always sweet. more, but we'll keep it short and sweet for you guys. But we hope you guys enjoyed breaking down the draft with us. I, my whole thing is I learned so much from this when, when you go through something like a three day event where you're just really learning these players and getting to know these players, because then you kind of yes. feel like, you know, them once you get into the NFL season next year, but I hope you, I think the biggest thing, I hope you guys who actually listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. maybe you learned some things and picked up some things that maybe now in this next season, you'd be like, Oh yeah, we were listening to a press pass. And yeah. Remember they said this about yeah. this person. Or maybe we're totally you know, off so the mark and we're so wrong. We- <laughs> true. We that could definitely be the case too. That is, that is a very true statement. Elle. Um, but we, we hope you guys liked us switching it up a little. We will be back with a guest next week, which might be somebody who is going to break down something a little bit. But Wow, we'll, keeping things we'll a mystery, Kayla. I know. I that's <laughs> we got to keep you, you guys on the edge <laughs> of your seat. Well, if you're listening on <laughs> iTunes, please press that subscribe button. Leave a rate or review. We would love to hear from you. Of course, give us that five-star rating, obviously. And um, follow us on social media, Hello. Twitter and Instagram at Press Pass Pod. And then our personal accounts, I'm at Ella Didge and Kayla is at Kayla Anderson TV. And if you're listening on iTunes, be sure to check out other Blue Wire podcasts. Just type in Blue Wire to the search bar. Absolutely. Ella, it was fun. I loved breaking down some football with you. Let's do it again. Um, is it time for kickoff? Until- That's what I care about now. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> We're counting down the days. I hope you guys tune in next week. We look forward to it. And we always appreciate you guys for subscribing and listening. 
Have a great week. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com/safety or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.